Welcome to Living Well with Rentwell, the podcast for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate, in real estate, and wants to take their game to the next level. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. And I am your co-host, Rob Coldwell. All right, everybody, Living Well with Rentwell. Rob here. I'm here with Andy Gerchek, who is, he is the king now of this, of this adjusting. And he's also a real estate investor. So he, he, he likes working with us. He's a landlord himself, right? And he, his company is called All City Adjusting. He's based in the Midwest, but he's in 22 states, including Pennsylvania, which I think most of, we have a lot of listeners here from. So Andy, thanks for being on today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, he's the so you have a firm that 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 reaches out to help get you scheduled, and you said like you're like the only public adjuster out there that's doing this on on big time. So you have you figured out how to scale your business to multi states. That could be a whole episode in and of itself. But today we want to really hone in on leveraging public adjusting for landlords. Perfect. Yeah, we we've scaled it and we're scaling it and trying to be nationwide and really. Um, really tailor our, our clients to be only you know, tailor our, our, our services for investors and for landlords. And that's where it's, you know, making us grow and kind of grow with our investors. As they grow their portfolios, we grow with them. Um, and we'll get into to all that, how we help, help them out. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lo- love to do that. The My own experience on my own portfolio up until this point has not required a public adjuster. I was involved with one property in the city and it and it didn't go very well. And my land my property management client was kind of told me a few months later, man, that 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 didn't really help. Well, so now we know you. So tell us if you're a landlord, like when do you get and you and there's a claim, when do you get the adjuster involved? So again, insurance company is going to have their own adjuster, right? And they're going to say, well, we got someone else that's working, you know, the insurance company is sending out an adjuster. That adjuster is working for them, right? He's getting, they're paying him the bonuses, all the salaries, everything, all the extras, right? So who's working for, for you? Technically, he can't represent two parties. So that's when public private adjusters come in, right? Like us. And so you want us on your team before you even have a loss, right? Get, you know, talk to a couple of PAs. See which one you like and you want to work they can for what we do for our clients is we'll review um their policies kind of their properties see if there's any open liabilities we do that for free in-house our team will look through the policy you know make sure hey there's additional coverages that you need or maybe you have too much coverage here um we do that for free just to create a relationship right because you might never have a claim but that's okay we'll always have a relationship um but if you do you're obviously we've already worked you already know us you, we've looked at those policies we know the properties um, so that's where you want a PA. Most people don't call a PA till I've been delayed. I'm denied. Something's been three months. Something's not, you know, okay. that's when a lot of people start giving us a call. And sometimes it gets, it's too late. Um, that's kind of the only issue that happens when a lot of people want to trust the insurance or say, Hey, they're going to be okay. And that's the always when they, well, three months later, they call us and say, man, I, they send me a denial letter. Why did they deny your claim? Well, this is what I said. And now, and now we have to go back and we're like, well, you already said all this stuff. You told them too much. And now it's hard. Now we have to kind of create a story, recreate a story and go back. So, uh, but to answer your question, as early as you can, have a PA on your team. Early as you can, the, the, the 
insurance company is looking out for them. We usually go through brokers. Is the broker looking out for me as well as the insurance company, do you think? The insurance broker? Or are they who, – who do they really work for? Yeah, As, as we speak, the good brokers, we just uh, – we have three referrals from bro- three brokers, three different brokers that just called. They just notified us of their clients that need help with losses. Brokers, brokers, independent brokers will – they know what's going on in the okay. industry. They see it going on, even the best ones. The ones that are in denial that say, ah, oh, you don't need a PA, they're in denial. Then they're in cahoots with either their insurance or they have a restoration or some vendors that they're recommending. Because they know a good PA is going to get their, their clients paid. Yeah. yeah. So now this, the brokers that represent the, 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 the firms like State Farms, the All States, the USAs, where there's just selling for them, they're going to be like, no, 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 you know, we'll take care of you. Like we just literally had a, a client that called and it's known us for three years, known what we do, called us and said, hey, I think I screwed up. I, what happened? Well, I, I called the insurance. I told them I had storm damage. And, and then my agent said, don't, you don't need an adjuster. They're going to send out someone. Don't call a private one. Okay. So he didn't call me, even though we've known each other for, for a long time. Insurance came out and they said, hey, we're just going to pay to repair a couple of shingles all over your large roof, right? So then he called and said, what do I do now? Well, now, now we're fighting an uphill battle because you trusted an agent that told you you don't need one. Why don't you call the agent now and say, hey, you told me I don't need anyone, right? Why isn't that agent now... So let's say yeah. let, let I love this right because I have zero experience. Yep, pretty pretty much. <clears throat> so let's say there's a fire, fire at somebody's rental property. Who do I call first? Besides, yeah, instructing the tenant to call nine one one and getting the fire out. Yeah. Our tenant, uh, our our our, uh, our client yesterday, two days ago, called us. She's in Ver, uh, they're in Washington, but they have properties in the Midwest. They called us. She said, Andy, we just had a fire. I just got a call from the fire department. I said, great. Don't do anything else. The office will send you all the paperwork. We'll get out to the property. Uh, it was late, so we'll say we'll be at the property first thing in the morning. We were there first in the morning. We made sure it doesn't need to be boarded up, uh, mitigated, anything else. And we handle everything. So that client, she's handling her other properties, her business. We're ready from day one. Uh, helping her with the loss. Interesting. Yeah, that uh, that's. I think. I mean, if you have a fire, call the fire department. Don't call us. We Someone said that. We covered ourselves. You know, right? call nine one one. Tenant calls nine one one. I don't carry that. No. I can only carry two jugs of water, so I'm not much of a help. <laughs> and we usually remove our exterior hose bits on our rentals anyway. So, so there we may go. not be much help if we show up there with a garden hose. So, what we're saying is, so you could literally take it on from there. You, you know, one approach would be call the adjuster first, let them, and then bring in the insurance company. I like to use brokers because sometimes I don't want to have everybody's worried about insurance claims that their insurance is going to go is going to rise or uh, get terminated. Right? We have a we have a construction company. We had an accident last year. Now we get the paperwork, and it went through because it was a total loss. Mm-hmm. Insurance is not renewing us. Now we got to reshop for insurance, right? So I think yep. a lot of landlords are also, and non-landlords, right? Just primary residents, they're reluctant to even put in a claim. C- could one approach be call the adjuster and see if this makes sense? That's that's and and on, a, on all other claims when when our clients call us, 
they say this is what happened. Like we have one we're inspecting tomorrow in Ohio that we they haven't filed yet. We want to go inspect it to make sure there is an actual covered claim there and that the damage is worth going to go beyond the deductible and that the client's going to get actually paid, that it's worth it for them to file a claim, right? There's no reason for you to file a claim if I, we can't get you paid and can't get you over the deductible and can't get you a return. It's, it's not worth it. So we want to protect our clients, um, help them all, as best as we can. Um, regarding the premiums, I mean, premiums go up every year, right? They can't solely drop you on one claim. Now, this is for homeowners or property. They can't drop you. They can't raise your premiums. But premiums go up based on the area you live. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens with a lot of people, they'll have on their policy their premium, and then they have a claims-free claims discount. Well, when you file a claim, you lose that discount. So your premium doesn't go up. You just lose that discount they're giving you. But premiums now with all the hurricanes and everything that's going on are only going to go up. I mean, people in Florida are paying through the roof. Mm. So, you know, and if you're not going to file a claim, why buy, why buy, why pay a premium? Why buy insurance? Yeah. Got it. Got it. So, well, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of value already, already offered in this. I was not expecting... here you know get it started first review these policies we did that years ago for property management what we realized is one of the main providers of property management insurance the liability insurance that insures property management companies the third parties that that manage other people's real estate or their own didn't cover you your staff when you left the office And it was like, what? Like all of our work that we do is either in the office or when it's when we leave the office and we go out to these you know hundreds or thousands of scattered sites. And it was just an eye opener to be like something that obvious isn't covered because who's taking some personality types are taking the time to read yeah. the 30, 40, 50 plus pages in these policies. Um, do you have like I see you have certifications or licenses for this. Do you have a legal department that's set up for each state? Like what does your back end look like to be able to do this well across, you know, different states? Yeah, our our team has been built over the last 10 years to where, yes, we have our own attorneys that we turn around. They're our retainer. We work with uh, help draft letters. Um, we have insurance agents on our team that, that were previous insurance agents that interpret policies. Uh, an agent we, we've worked with that's, that's been on our team, uh, Tom, um, he still does uh, sells insurance. And he sells to, to, I mean, he's one of the most interesting insurance agents you ever meet. He sells policies to people that no one else can, does, no, doesn't know how to insure them. Okay. Like he's insuring the, there's a gentleman, I guess, that built statues all over the world. He's, he's his insurance agent. I think his premium is like 100000 a year. And he was the only one to figure out how to insure him. And what he, when he looked at his policy that he had before him, he found all these liabilities. He's like, do you know that when you take these statues out of this country and they go to a different country, you only have a thousand in coverage, even though the statue is like a million or whatever? Yeah. No one ever asked the question about the business and what needs to be insured. So when he, even when our, like our company is so insured in every aspect, I don't know any other PA that's got as much as insurance as we have. Mm. I mean, we have insurance for everything. Uh, and that, and it's good insurance. Now, does it guarantee you that you're going to be paid everything and, and everything's going to go smooth when you have a claim? No, because we see it all the time. No matter how good the insurance, they're still going to come and try to underpay and, and quickly settle a claim. That's how they make what, money. What's a common scenario 
for getting an adjuster involved and where there's the, a big disparity between where the insurance company believes that the, that, that the, that the payout should be and yeah. where your firm comes in. I'll give you an example just today. I'm in great mood because we just got a call from a client. We, we were hired about 30 days ago. Um, it's a, it was a church before it's getting turned into like a school here uh, in Indiana, not far. And they had a fire. The adjuster came in, said it was kind of out of his, you know, out of his range. He wasn't comfortable, but he put an estimate together and they presented it to the insured. It was about seven over a little bit over 700,000. So today we just got a call from the desk adjuster who said they're sending an additional 1.4 million. In, in addition to that 750, they're sending an additional 1.4 million as of today. And we're still not done. The claim is going to be closer to three when we're done. And, and so I, on all of my buildings, there's limits mm -hmm. that what I'm insuring them for, for replacement value. Yes. How does that get factored in? If I have a lower replacement value when it, yeah, so that I mean, it's it's per your limit. So if that insured only had one point, no, one million in uh, in in coverage, and he was already at seven fifty, then the max we could have got him was you know uh, two fifty plus any other endorsements he's got. Okay. Um, but still, would have been more. But again, we know that right when we, we do our due diligence, we tell the insured, "This is what you have. This is where we think we should be at. These are the other coverages you have that they haven't paid you for." Um, so there's a lot, you know. The difference between us and most PA companies is we specialize in large loss and business owners and landlords. The policies are just thick, right? They're not a homeowner's, you know, 10 page policy. They're very thick. They're very complex. There's more and more language there to kind of exclude stuff, right? If this happens, we won't pay for this. If this happens, we won't pay for this. And, and right now that's happening. in, for example, in California with all that heavy rain, they're having all this, we have all these costs coming in where all these claims are denied because they're saying it's flooding. What if it came at such a heavy, you know, where it came from? The, did it come from the pipes? It came from the pipes. Well, but the flooding, the water first came uh, from the flood, flood zone. Like, so there's just all this different, you know, then they're looking at the policy and saying, well, look, the policy states this. And, and that's where they're getting you know, people, right? So these policies are getting more and more. Uh, they're supposed to be uh, in favor of the insured, but they're so written where even an attorney can't read them. They're so complex. Got it. So that's sorry, I, I kind of went on a run there. Yeah, no, it's perfect. That's <laughs> why it's good to have you, and for free of charge, you'll review somebody's policies. Um, we looked at one yesterday for a big investor here in uh, Illinois. Uh, heard us on a podcast, sent us his policy for one of his buildings. Policy looked great. He had right coverages. He had all the endorsements. There was something missing that we advised him. Hey, you might want to check. It's a small. It might be a small bump up in your premium but it's worth having. Other than that, we said, you know, your policy looks good. Yeah. We checked the building, the location. We know what it's worth. You, you know, if you have co-insurance, you're actually insuring your building for more than, uh, you know, than, than you, your building's worth more than, than it's insured. So you're all set. How, can you answer a question, Andy, about mm -hmm. these umbrella policies? And so we don't do a lot, Rob, with, uh, with umbrella policies because umbrella policies usually are more liabilities. So they're like, and overage over what you have. So we've never actually, our firm, we've never actually, they're more of liability. They're usually not on, on, on property, on structures. So 
I understand those to be usually through your car insurance. And let's say you get in an accident, you're at fault and it like protects or somebody gets injured That's exactly. at one of the rental properties and you have X policy, but you want to have this umbrella will then cover you. Is that is that a correct understanding as to? A hundred percent. So like, for example, all our properties have their own insurance, all liability coverage, but then we have an umbrella over all of them. So if, if something happens, not only do we have the limits of liability on that one, but we also have that umbrella to give an extra cushion, right? Again, you know, people are looking to go after anyone. Um, yeah. So you kind of want to protect yourself as much as you can. And, and if you've been in some lawsuits before, which I have, I mean, you're in business long enough, it's going to happen. Yeah. Usually those umbrella policies for the coverage you get are pretty reasonable because your main insurer is the one that's really is coming up with the legal defense. And then the, and then the umbrella kicks in, you know, really, really after that. So, so that was one with a fire where your team came out and said the costs are going to be significantly higher than what I this mean. In that bill, walking outside, walking from the outside inside, I could have. I read that policy. He's the insured actually sent us the the estimate, knowing the size of the building, knowing just looking at Google Maps, we knew it was it was it was well doubled. I mean, double. that was well underpaid. Yeah, and and and. How do the so for instance, construction costs? We do we do a lot of heavy renovations. And before I remember the first book I read, great book, it was from this guy Joe Nielsen, the real estate professor, is about fifteen years ago when it relate to like in my area he would buy single family homes and convert them. And this guy was frugal. He had a note at his desk that said, "Don't spend money," right? And he was renovating. For thirty to fifty dollars a square foot, that's what he was renovating. The last renovation I just got done, we added a bathroom, we rewired, full mechanicals, insulation, drywall, and the whole hundred and sixty-five dollars a square foot. So, is that how you can like these knowing these numbers? And that was not a fire, so we didn't have to deconstruct dangerous work environments, right? And do specialty. Um, you know, deconstruction and get materials where they need to be and, and, and trash in different areas. Is there a, is there a general price per square foot or any types that you guys just kind of know, Oh, that was a 10,000 square foot church. Yeah. That was the murder school. Here's what this is like on average going to look like. So we use a program and there's a couple of programs we use that insurance companies use the same and they're familiar with. And it's a program that already has pricing in it based on their zip code. Um, so if we put in the square feet, it gets us pricing, right? Okay. So kind of the general pricing you can figure out. But each property, especially when you're doing commercial, is so complex. Like this church has this – didn't have any roof damage, correct? But the ceiling is this metal pane that's sitting on – it's like metal uh, metal panels that are sitting on the walls, uh, on all the extra walls. And then in between there's space, and then there's more metal panels, which is the roof deck. So all that, and they're they're vented. So all that smoke went through is in between the cavity and up to the roof insulation. So now you're taking once we did all the inspections and uh, and our core test, we you know you're taking the entire roof, all the roof, the, everything down to the ground. Wow. So you can't. That system is never gonna price it out correctly unless you can actually. So yeah, no, your question is right. Generally, more or less, you can 
being in this business so long in this industry, we can walk through a building and know exactly. We knew what number this should be in, more or less. When we did our estimate, we were a couple thousand, you know, a couple hundred thousand out from what we thought it was going to be. From what you thought, and then you did further we were, testing. You dove in deeper. You did the initial pass to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! We're we're yep. we're we're far away on this." And then you spend a little bit more, and then so so we've covered. Call you first to, to before you even have a claim. You know who your local rep is. You review, have your policies reviewed to see if there's any additional riders or also just replacement costs. I mean, it might be worth. I know landlords and are always looking to save money, but you may want to also. I mean, you, the last thing you want to do is have, I would think, not be able to rebuild your asset Rob, if something were to happen. Let me just jump on. I just had a claim sure. on one of my properties, uh, and the adjuster. You know, and I, again, I'm not going to say I'm. And PA, or I'm in this industry. I'll play. I'm a. I'm just a. You, you gonna know, be nice? I'm just a consumer, right? It's okay. my house. Oh, I just call the claimant, uh, and he sends me the estimate. He goes, "Well, here's your money, and here's you know you're only getting this much because the rest is non-recoverable depreciation, six thousand. So well, no, no, no. I know my policy. I bought it. I read it. I have it in my mailbox, uh, or I'm in my in my email. I have it here, uh, and I opened it up when I was on the phone. I'm like, look, it says it's replacement cost. He's like, well. Oh, well, well, now I'm really confused because my notes say actual cash value, but it does show that you have a replacement cost policy. So I, I know exactly what I have. But in, in a person that's uneducated or a person that doesn't, not uneducated, but uneducated in this field yeah. will just say, okay, this is what I got. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So he was quick to leave 6000 off the table. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to let that happen. That's worth a phone call. That's <laughs> worth a, looking up some files. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty high hourly uh, wage right there. Yeah, and we're just something like and that. we're just it's the initial estimate. I mean, we're just starting, so that number of that number of is going to only grow. I was like, no, that's not going to. That's just the initial estimate. That's like yeah. where, where with some cultures, you know, when you think you're done negotiating. They are just getting started. That's that's, that's how I feel. That's I fine. mean, when, you know how it uh, is. Hey, we just need to, to open liability. Game. Once we get open liability and they they've admitted uh, and have accepted liability, it's all game from there. Okay, okay. So, get in early. Look at policies. If there's a claim, don't uh, call you first, right? Yes, sir. Then back away and let your adjusters do their job. How do you get paid, Andy? Yep, we charge a it's a contingency fee, so it's a fee. There's no retainers, no hidden expenses. It's ten percent. So once we get started on a claim from the beginning, it's ten percent. Um, for our larger clients, we even have a sliding scale where that scale of ten percent goes down as the claim goes up, um, and then we get paid once our client gets paid. So once you get the check, that's when we get paid, um, and then so that's always ten percent in any state we work in. And again, that's that slides down as the claim goes up. Now, if you called me and said, hey, Andy, we've been, it's been six months. We haven't got a penny. We're pretty much denied. Well, then our fee might be more because now it's more complex. Now we're, now we're backtracking six months of what did Rob mm. tell the insurance? What did he send the insurance, right? So we're kind of playing detective at that. And we're taking a, you know, it's contingent. So we're taking a chance that we might not get paid. Makes sense. Makes sense. Andy, we've covered a lot of ground in this, my friend. I mean, I think we got right to the meat of the matter. Uh, we'll, party, we'll absolutely party put it. What's that? There's a party somewhere going on. <laughs> you can hear my. <laughs> Hopefully, they can 
they can edit this out. We'll see. Maybe not. That's I'm just upset I didn't get invited, Rob. I didn't get invited. Something's going on. There's a good party. Some good humor back there. Are there any other topics that we haven't covered? No, um, I think you hit all of them. Uh, you hit all the points. You know, all I could give people advice is don't, don't, you know, don't be frugal. Don't, don't try to save a penny or try thinking the insurance is going to do right. It doesn't cost anything to call a public adjuster and, and get some information. Wow, I know I'm going to be uh, getting on the phone with my with my general and administrative staff and and getting policies uh, to your to your team. You're in yeah. 22 states, which is great. You have a vision to to be in more states. All we all try to be we try and go everywhere. I mean, we want to go out of the country. So that entire goal is to to handle claims out of the country. So wonderful, wonderful. What Andy, I, I I appreciate you so much for coming on board here. You had asked the question before I was just about ready to hit record. You asked about the freedom sign behind me. So if anybody else is interested, so what we do at Rentwell and RW Services, RW Investments, is in November we make shirts so all these shirts this is our fourth year of doing shirts any team member that's been with us for a year i'm sorry that's in november right gets their name so that if we zoomed in on those freedoms they're made up of names of all the team members when your name is on a shirt twice you get these acorns behind me right that's an acorn oh it, an acorn grows into an oak tree. That acorn is the equivalent of about 1% of cash flow on, on a building. And right now, our investment arm buys about 20 units a year, and, and it's ramping up. So they team members, right, from all the various divisions, from, from, from handyman and grass cutting to to administrative staff and property managers and finance managers and bookkeepers, right? There's about 30 team members in total right now. So they get a profit share from the real estate that we own. And it's an acorn to show them, right? So when we send it out, we say, here's the, here's the cash flow, which fluctuates. And then here's the amount of principal that was paid down on the investment. And here's the amount of appreciation that we believe that the building has had so they can see that that little bit of cash flow that can grow over time into an oak tree. That's that awesome. is our, that is our story behind uh, the freedom shirt. Thank you for bringing that up. I've never. Yeah, it looks so, it looks so, it looks, it looks awesome. I'm like, yeah, I wonder what that means. There's always a meaning behind, you know, behind everything. So that's it. That's it. Andy, you are, you are a smart man. I can tell you're a hard worker. I can tell you're an honest guy. I hope the listeners reach out to your firm and, and at least do a look at the policies to make sure that they're covered. I would, uh, a lot of landlords have gotten away with only a $300,000 in liability. I know that this is more on the losses, right? But then sometimes right. these losses, liability could come into yep. that. We are, most of the property managers that I know are saying everybody needs to be at a million dollars. I mean, you know, 300, you know, eight, and even that is sometimes not enough on some of these liabilities uh, that 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 people can be involved in. So I would I would recommend everybody uh, find an adjuster that they want to work with. You're great because yeah. you're in multiple states, and take a look at these policies, and then have it on speed dial if something comes up. You you mind, Rob? I'll, with your listeners, I'll leave my cell phone number. Um, your listeners can call me literally if they need questions or they want to text me. My number is 708-655-4186. Lily, my cell phone, they could call me. Well, I can still help. And then, you know, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not doing too much. We have a good staff. 
I love yeah. to talk to new clients and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's 708. It's, it's our area code here. But again, we're in 22 states. But we travel. We've been in states. We know the laws. Um, feel free to call. Send your policies. I mean, we're, we, we love helping people. So, Andy, thank you for the, for the great information today, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Living Well with RentWell. We hope you loved that episode. Please be sure to head over to our website at rentwell.com backslash vision. We're giving away our free program called Vision Through Purposeful Action. If you're a busy person, if you struggle with finding the time and priorities, or if you're experiencing procrastination and overwhelm, this free course will help you with that. We wish you a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in and check in later.